Does everybody know what time it is? It's time for you to call your lawyer, because that drywall you're so fond of isn't 18 yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's current work. Wait till I get my addict right. Oh, I know this one. (laughs) Tim had a dream. He could build his way to heaven. Jill had misspoke. She sent him on a mission. He told her he'd build her an office in a second. Man, it's so hard not to act reckless. To Tim, much is given, much is tested. Jill attested, guess, until she finally rested. She feels pressure under more therapy. And what she do... Listen to Grunt Work, the oh. only podcast about the TV show Home Improvement that has not, will not, and cannot run for president. I am your host, Landon, that boy needs therapy, Solano, <laughs> joined always by my co-host, Truman, crazy in the coconut calves. <laughs> Truman, it's it's something to be here. <laughs> Landon, to have you, after so long in the darkness and the wilderness of these rap singing intros... Rap singing, sure, that's what we're calling it now. After so long in the wilderness for you to, A, use one of the few Kanye West songs I actually know, largely because Zach Galifianakis made a music video for it, and then to go straight (laughs) into The Avalanche's Frontier Psychiatrist, a song I was jamming to not 48 hours ago on a walk. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's beautiful. I feel seen. I feel welcomed uh, to this show. Well, let's welcome our listeners to episode three of season seven we're in it man three episodes already this is it this is also not to give too much away i I remember at the end of last season looking back at the first three or four episodes we did and thinking what the fuck did we watch that and i already know (laughs) i am at the end of this season bold prediction i will not remember that we watched this episode it will have left my (laughs) head i will have forgotten everything that we've talked about in this recording session uh so everyone we're we're taking part in something that will be lost to the sands of time please enjoy i guarantee you will remember one thing from it though you will not remember which episode it's from though okay Uh, but but we'll get into it okay we'll get into it later i have a little something for the preamble here (gasps) oh do you now landon's got a little treat for show and tell (laughs) i got my booster over the weekend grats and uh i you know totally support everyone go get your booster uh you know get your vaccine if you haven't in the first place but um me personally i i get i always i just don't react well to these things um Mm -hmm. physically so you know it ran me down so i had a movie watching weekend nice nice good excuse Uh, get get healthy watch movies (laughs) But uh, me being, you know, in and out of, you know, sleepiness and whatever, I wanted to watch movies I'd seen before, but nothing that was too familiar. So I put on a movie I haven't seen in a long time, years. Uh, I watched Taking a Pelham 1, 2, 3, the original. Oh, the original. Very good. Very good. All right. All right. Some Walter Matthau action. Yes. uh, Maybe the best ending frame ending shot of any movie <laughs> just just his his big old hangdog face coming in through that guy's door you shouldn't have sneezed you criminal you criminal with the distinctive sneeze here's what i didn't realize or remember i should say i i knew earl hinman was in the movie oh um, shit he was 
he's one of the uh, the hostage takers. Yeah, he's working under Robert Shaw. Mm-hmm. Um, weirdly, uh, Hector Elenzino. I I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but uh, he's also one of the the um, hostage takers. Mm-hmm. Plays the Wilson ish role on Tim Allen's new show or next show uh last man standing I really guess it's over now so it's not new well Which, i mean newer okay. than than this than yeah. the show we're covering on this show yeah but here's what i had completely forgotten i knew he was in it but i i had forgotten that mr leonard the shop teacher what has a major role in it <laughs> What what is it about the taking of Pelham one two three and Tim Allen's career? I don't I don't know. Dick O'Neill, uh, who plays Mister Leonard on Home Improvement, plays um, one of the dispatchers. That's he's constantly combating Walter Matthau in the control room as he's trying to conduct the rest of the, the subway station uh, for New York while Walter Matthau, you know, negotiates with Robert Shaw. So he's constantly just saying, well, you're going to fucking negotiate with this terrorist? Come on, I got a whole... Just because there are 17 people on that train, I got a whole city to contend with. Now, listen, as a public transit writer, I fully, fully am on board with that guy and, and his storyline <laughs> because he is my hero, the one who gets everybody else to their appointments on time. You don't need to own a car. Um... That is that is very. Do you think that they were consciously recruiting from that movie? Do you think that like Tim Allen or or Carmen Finiestra loved Pelham One Two Three so much that they they said all of our all of our bit parts will be from this? I I think it's it has to just be a, a strange coincidence because the film is filled out with other um, soon to be sitcom stars. Mm-hmm. Jerry Stiller is in it. Oh shit. <laughs> Doris Roberts plays the mayor's wife. <laughs> okay, okay. I I I always love seeing sitcom stars in minor dramatic roles early in their career. <laughs> the, the the one that always sticks with me is Will Arnett's one scene appearance on The Sopranos where you're just kind of <laughs> Like watching it now, you're supposed to just take seriously. Like, yes, this is an FBI agent and not, you know, Job and Bojack and everyone else. <laughs> oh yeah, we gotta get the, the wiretap the in greatest, there. Greatest buffoon, yeah. Uh, it'd be impossible to take him seriously. I hate to say it. I think he's such a talented guy, but um, yeah, he's kind of shot himself in the foot with any dramatic roles. <laughs> I'm okay. That being said, I can take him seriously when his voice is coming out of an animated cartoon horse. I can't. <laughs> I can't take him seriously when his voice is coming out of his actual face. So that is going to be difficult. I guess I take him seriously when he's narrating car commercials too. Um, there you go. Wow. Well, that's uh, that's wow. A lot of a lot of home improvement connections. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and I'm sure there are even more that I didn't look into. Truman. Um, we don't talk about taking a Pelham one, two, three usually on the show. Uh, normally, we watch episodes of Home Improvement. But yeah, and usually we talk about the film The Hudsucker Proxy, which thus far has had only one Home Improvement character actor in it from last week. Uh, okay, yes. No, there's been more than that. Mike Starr from last season. Last? Oh, shit. Okay, yeah, maybe there's been multiple Hudsuckers and you just didn't tell me about them. That might, because you no, knew I that I would. About it at the time. Okay, so folks, remember when I was saying earlier that I was going to forget this episode? The fact is, I forget a lot of the episodes we make. Is it because we make a lot of episodes, or is it because dementia is coming early for Truman? Well, who really knows? So Landon, this week on Home Improvement, do you want to know what happened? Tell me what happens. Jill if you is... can remember. Uh, if I can... Th- thank you. Well done. Well, 
We'll discuss this in a moment. Jill is under mounting stress as her therapy work takes off, and after Brad spills soda over a bunch of her paperwork on the kitchen table, she decides the solution is more space. Jill enlists an eager Tim to convert the attic into an office, but after a conversation with her therapist, she realizes that this will only bring more stress into her life, in line with a pattern of taking on more than she can handle. When Jill tells Tim not to build the office at all, he's upset at her for toying with his toolman emotions, and only after a conversation with Wilson does Tim come to realize the real source of his anger. I'm gonna, which is, oh wow, I, I was, I thought you were gonna tell me what that source was. Oh um, no, no, I mean, but I guess well, that's our job in the deep dive. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, I used to go through the entire plot in in the synopsis, but then you started doing a thing where you like to leave them hanging a little bit, and it's like, well, I don't want the fans <laughs> to like Landon more than Truman because he creates more kind of cliffhangers and enticing word pictures. So I just followed your lead. <laughs> he, uh, he, I appreciate your alliteration in that. Well, thank synopsis. you. Thank you, thank you. I, you know, I, uh, what can I say? I wrote it very quickly in the middle of the day and didn't proofread it. Uh, <laughs> hey, so, Truman. Hey, Landon. Do you want to guess that title? I do want to guess that title, but I'm not going to sing it back to you like that because we're. <laughs> well, God damn it. Why we're, not? We're on the edge of entering greatest showman territory because both of us are great showmen. Okay. So, possible titles for this episode. One. Okay. The Office. Yeah. Deafening silence. Two. Thera pissed off. Therapist. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I can get on board with that one. Yeah, I, once I explained it grudgingly. No, no, grudgingly. no. I, it just, I had to. I had to. I had to like sit with it for a second. I like that one actually. Okay, get ready now, Landon. Let's hold on to this moment when you still respect me because it's only going to go downhill from here, from okay. the window to the drywall. That's oh yep yep podcast ends here folks. Lastly, I, I don't want to know where the sweat's dripping down. Um, <laughs> so the sweat is dripping down the walls, though. I mean, I know that it's rhyming wall with wall, but that's. I mean, no matter what Tim is doing with the drywall, that's where the sweat is. Go- okay, so last one. Good point. Good point. Last one is a deep cut for fans oh, okay. of uh, for fans of prison riots in the seventies. Attic, uh, attic, uh, ooh. I like that one too. That's uh, be, that's be, the winner of this episode. It, and Truman, you get a you get a special treat. Yeah, well, no treat. Uh, your, your treat is a pat on the back. <laughs> you you promised me a treat and then took it away almost immediately. Do you know psychologically what that's like for me? When my entire when my entire value system is based around giving myself <laughs> treats for having done good good things. Well, the treat is the pat on the back and my kudos and everlasting respect and love. Well, I, I like that. You so I mean. I feel like as a dog day afternoon guy, you got Attica, right? Like you. Oh, of course. Okay. Yeah. The, okay, we're good. Well, we're and good. also the Attica riots, I got that too. But. Okay, I didn't. Okay, I didn't know how well known the Attica riots were, but I guess <laughs> you know, it, you if you like me watched uh, Dog Day Afternoon, we're like, why was he yelling Attica at that crowd? And then Googled it. I guess that's you know. German, don't Random. you want to know what your rewards for? Oh yeah, what are my rewards? I'm sorry, I got lost in that. Your reward, the pat in the back, the everlasting respect and love, is for getting through an episode of guessing titles and not using Al's name as a pun. <laughs> it's look, don't give me credit. Give the show credit for not giving me any obvious themes that I could tie into Al's name. I was looking. I spent all day sweating this one. <laughs> it hasn't stopped you in the past. <laughs> 
Look, I think I should really be getting credit for not trying to shoehorn baby you can drive my car into this one. Although, again, not really a car-related episode. No, not at all. But again, it also hasn't stopped no, you much no. in the past. No, look, uh, Truman's shitty hosting uh, finds a way. That's chaos theory. Um, so did I guess the title, though? I'm not getting kudos for guessing the title anymore. The title is uh, not... You did not guess the title. I'm sorry. Um I'm trying to think of a, a clue to give you for it. Um, let me think here. I, I actually I had a really hard time trying to find a, a rap lyric that might have gone along with this, where I felt like there would have been an easy one, and I just couldn't do it. This this episode is really difficult to do bits about. Like I had a lot of trouble coming up with titles. I had a lot of trouble coming up with with cold open bits. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Keep going. We'll talk about it. Um, Okay, so uh, let's do Taboo Style. I'll just try to get you to to say the title uh, without, like, just hanging you out to dry with with a a weak clue. How about that? More word guessing games. Always always good. Ready? Yes, I'm ready. Here we go. Okay. Um, Okay, so it's the uh, pinnacle of something. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 the pinnacle of a structure. What would you call that? Uh, uh, the um, not the, the bottom, but the top. Okay. Uh, and if there happens to be space, um, in that area, top, uh, uh space, top space. Okay, space uh, in the area. Reverse of the it. Top. Reverse it around. Top, top to from top to bottom. No. Okay. So if there, if there's. Space, Space. Uh, empty emptiness. Um, if there is uh, uh, elbow, oh elbow room, space, a uh, top room, uh, top uh, close, close, top room, top other way, other way, room, room at the top, uh, room boom, at, you got it, room at the top, room at the top, room at the top, I, descriptive certainly. <laughs> I don't know what it's re- I mean Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean I'm not angry about it. Um uh, room at the top. I guess. I, I don't I <laughs> I mean you're the one that gives the report cards for the uh, uh, uh titles. A A minus probably but only because the teacher is not really giving a shit that week the, the sub graded it and uh <laughs> okay, that, that's great. that's that's the case huh uh this episode aired october 7th 1997 and it was directed by jeffrey nelson written by elliot Schoenman and marley sims Truman landon before i ask you what your reaction to this episode was i yes. want to give everyone this week's secret word so okay. i'm going to put you on mute Put me on mute. Um, as we play this game where uh, it's Pee-wee play, Pee-wee's Playhouse Rules, <laughs> I've chosen a word. If Truman says it at any point during this episode, our patrons uh, will earn the Jalupa equivalent of a reward. I, I Again, so the utmost pity for our new listeners uh, who have had this explained to them but don't understand the greater why of why Chalupas, <laughs> why the game. And you but, know what? That's part of the game for myself at this point is like, go back and, and figure it out yourself. Yeah. I'm not going to give you the clues, Mr. Snowman. It, it's uh, a puzzle box. Goes, right? Yeah, yeah that, that's basically <laughs> it. That's for the sequel. Uh, okay, put, 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 put me on mute. Put me on mute. I, okay, Truman, you are on going. mute. Truman, can you hear me? Truman, 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 you're not just faking. You can't really hear me. Okay, 
Great. This week's secret word is crawl space. Crawl space. Just like the Klaus Kinski movie, <laughs> Crowl Space. Truman, are you back? I'm back. You have, this is two weeks in a row, you're having a full on chat with the listeners while I'm just sitting here like a doofus <laughs> with my thumb up my butt. I mean, really, dude. I mean, well, you don't I have to put your thumb up your butt. I mean, you can put your thumbs anywhere. Well, the thumb is there already. Like, my recording <laughs> methods are mine and mine alone. I'm just saying, it's interesting that, uh, that, that I, you have this conversation with the listeners that mm-hmm. I don't hear until like a week later when I'm editing the show in a hurry on the day that we're going to record the next one. Um, uh, it's just you know it's 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 five days of a little little treat for myself. It's, it's a little it, just, just <laughs> knowledge that only I know. Yeah, it's not even a secret between you and the listeners because by the time they've got it, I've already heard it. It's just something that you get to have personally for you for a little while, and and that's yeah, I beautiful. Just, I, I tuck tuck it away in uh, in in a little place in my head. That, well, that and and on our Zoom recorders uh, uh, SD oh, card. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah, too. Yeah, Landon, right. and then Dropbox. What did you think of this episode? I true Dropbox. What did you think though? What did I think? I you know what? I, I'm having a hard time pinning this season down so far, to be honest mm. with you. Um well, it's only three episodes in, so don't get too well, hard on yourself. Yeah, but you know, uh you know, not to pull back the curtain too much, but um I, I don't know about you, but we you and I discussed um taking notes a little bit differently. Yes. And so now I'm not starting and stopping the episode as often. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm kind of watching it all the way through as it was intended to be. Yes. Except for the theme song. Except for the theme song in yeah, which no. we have so a much lot scrutiny to talk about still. Oh my God. <laughs> um so I don't know. I th- I think it might be a case of a number of things kind of coming together where I think there's just a strange tonal difference this season that I, I can't quite get a beat on yet yeah um but also i i'm enjoying it the experience of watching it more because i'm not so grueling in my note taking yeah yeah um so you know can you tell how i feel about this episode from just <laughs> so, so well for, first off it, it seems to be that we feel the same way about the episode which is that we don't feel particularly strongly about the episode either yeah. way it didn't there 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 are things about it that like I could see this being a really awful, hard-to-watch episode in earlier seasons. Yes. Yes. It wasn't at all. It was not. The evidence, I think, that this episode did a lot of stuff right, I would say. Yeah. But how did you feel? I mean, I feel like I watched this episode this morning, like probably 8.15 a.m. I woke up early to watch it before work, and uh, I then at like... 10 a.m. after getting some work done, started trying to come up with titles and reflections on the episode. And I was like, what happened in this episode? (laughs) What really went on? And I mean, I know that we were just doing a bunch of bits about me and my poor memory, and that may be true. But typically, I'm pretty good at retaining what happened on a TV show, in some cases, for the rest of my life. Yeah. We have six full seasons of you retaining more of the plot than I do most of the time. Yes, exactly. But this one just... You want to know the background details of Al's apartment? I got you covered, man. Yes, and this episode is rich for that. This episode is rich for that. It's big Al's apartment content. But, (laughs) yeah, I just... It kind of slid off my brain, and it's not... Like, I think that 
I think that the show, in terms of me getting a beat on it, I think the show is better than it ever has been. I think season six was the best episode, was the best season, and now season seven has the potential at this point. I don't think they've hit an episode yet that surpasses the highlights of season six, but I think they're certainly on yeah. track to do so, and I wouldn't be surprised if it happens because the show is firing on all cylinders and is better in every measurable way. This is just a kind of forgettable episode, not even poorly written yeah. by any means. We- which is strange that it comes so early in the season. I feel like they, you know, usually hold out until like I don't. Well, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe that's not true because we do have the Halloween episode coming up, and then those are quickly followed by the Thanksgiving and Christmas episodes. So I don't. I don't. I feel like the first half of the season is usually stacked with really memorable episodes. I, I, yes, but again, I I completely forgot that the first four episodes of last season existed. Like Tim, <laughs> we took so long doing it. But Tim Tim was hanging out on a fucking aircraft carrier, and then at the end of the season, I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, the aircraft carrier. Did Brad make out with a girl or something? Uh, so I I don't know. That I I mean again, a a, a solid episode overall. It just, yeah. it was not a standout episode, except yeah, for... that's a great way to put it. Except for the cold open, which for me is all time, just on so many levels. The cold <laughs> open absolutely fucks, so that's oh, that's a good okay. one. Okay, well then we're going to have to get to uh, uh, the deep dive, I think. Um, so why don't you uh, sit down in the chair, flip okay. the switch to let the therapist know that we're here, and then when they come in, we'll just... Uh, Lay down on the couch and and go go deep into the deep dive. That I, I've never I've never had a therapy situation like that where you just flip a switch and the therapist comes in. But that sounds quite relaxing. Like you just get in and compose yourself and you push a button for the therapy to start. That sounds really nice. No, no, no. You, you you're in the lobby with everybody else and then you flip the switch oh. and let them know you're here. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yes, I've done that in the lobby where I flip the switch. Okay, different different switches, different therapists. Um, yes. So okay, well, I mean, now that we're all in a nice relaxed mode, this episode opens with the grunt creep filling the screen against a black <laughs> backdrop. Yeah. Reaching into his VE pouch and uh <laughs> pulling out a handle. Uh <laughs> Um It's awkward. It's awkward. It's a thing. All set to which is if that had happened in season one, it would have broken us given how how closely tied we were to the song at that point. Uh, It's true. So it's a tool time live in Al's apartment. Uh, Tim is growing a beard. Uh, Al is in the bathroom initially, but then comes out. And uh, basically the whole episode is about how you turn dead space in your house into living space. They show how they've put a spice cabinet into one space that was previously empty They've put a flip-down, remote-controlled Murphy bed in the wall where once there was a closet in Al's apartment, and then an entertainment center in the kitchen that drops down from the ceiling so you can watch TV. Al, in the process of trying to demonstrate this by flopping on the bed and turning on the TV, has inadvertently used the remote control for the bed. He has flipped. The bed closes. He flips through the wall and into the adjacent apartment (laughs) uh, where he lands on the bed next to a... A gentleman who is familiar to us and who is not happy to see him. So, okay, we have a lot to go into. (laughs) You're just going to avoid the line altogether. Yeah, it's. I won't say the line either. Yeah. It's Milt, uh, who most recently appeared in the Totally Tool Time episode as the bartender. Um, I can't remember if he made an appearance between that and when he was in the bar the first time that we met him or not. I think he did. 
I want to say like I just can't remember what it was. I want to say that it was was it a massage related Massa- thing? No, that was didn't... no, that was the totally tool time. Remember the bar? That, oh, flips right, over. right, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. The bar flips under the massage table. He's yeah. there's been one other one with him. Okay, I I wasn't specifically trying to not say the line out of any like political correctness <laughs> terms. So the line is, "Hey, I don't go in for that sort of thing." Because it's always when a man is trying to is placed yeah. in a position that seems intimate with him. Um, push the uh, push the that's the nineties button. <laughs> I here look if we're gonna talk about it and we are. I mean, obviously we are. I'm just gonna say the first several times we saw this bit, I was like, that's not okay. The, the you know homophobia is no laughing matter. I think now my brain is just broken enough that I saw it and I genuinely laughed. And I was like, okay, I wasn't expecting to see him again. And now it's like a visit from an old friend. I think you have to <laughs> you have to hit me with a joke that is low-key homophobic like seven or eight times for me to finally relent and just laugh at the intent. <laughs> like, what, um, like, what are yeah. the chances that that dude would live next door to Al? I mean, it's funny. <laughs> uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. I mean, him flying through the wall is pretty funny. It's um, great. It, the whole the whole bit is perfectly constructed. <laughs> I have a couple things to say about Elle's uh, apartment. Yeah, go for it. Hammock's gone. Hammock's gone because he because look you, he almost got married. You you can't get that close to the hammock. Just, I was just gonna ask. Do you think that was Eileen's doing? <laughs> well, if it was Eileen's doing, you'd think that as soon as Al was back to being a bachelor, he would get a hammock again. Like I'm a free man. <laughs> well, I don't know. He replaced the hammock area with a, a another. It, it looks like he added a another work table in front of two work tables he already had. <laughs> How much must his neighbors hate him if he's always doing like like right tool bench garage type stuff like oh my in, god in your room i didn't think about that I, I i mean maybe it's not homophobia from his neighbor when he flies through the wall and lands next to him in bed maybe it's just him being like i i would never sleep with a man who engages in noisy home improvement activities <laughs> through a shared wall like i'm totally down to do stuff with a guy just not a guy who is this inconsiderate it could be. It could be. Um, do we want to talk about Tim's beard? <laughs> it's yeah. So Tim's growing a beard. Um, it's 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 halfway there, and it. Well, I don't know what it made you think of. It made me think of that one episode where they show clips from the first episode of Tool Time where Tim has a beard and Al does not. Oh, that's right. Ooh, we don't talk about that. No, we don't talk about that. But like, but this is entrapment. It's trying to make us talk about that. It's here, isn't yeah. it? What did you think? Well, I mean, what do you, what does it make you feel? It just feels like a weird choice. I don't I don't understand it. Um, like, it, I, I don't. I mean, I, I can't think back to him like doing any roles that required him to have a beard. Like, I, that's the only thing I was thinking of. Is like, oh, he he needed to do this. This is like the first episode they filmed of the season mm-hmm. uh, while he still had the beard, filming something else. Yeah, um, or he had to do pickup shots for a movie or something. But I don't remember him having a beard in anything. I, there, there's an episode of Moonlighting where Bruce Willis ha- just has a, like a, a huge black eye for the entire episode, and he like makes some <laughs> reference at the beginning of it to something happening. And for the whole episode, I'm just like, wait, so this isn't a part of the episode. Bruce Willis just like got in a bar fight or something, and that's what happened. And I, <laughs> I, so, but this doesn't like. You think just Tim Allen was just like, "Fuck it, I'm turning over a new leaf." Beards now, and the show, it, the show bent to his will. 
I guess so. I mean, the thing is, I it, it could theoretically fit in with the theme of, like, this midlife crisis and, like, you know, I, I think that that fits. Like, because Jill does talk about it in those terms. Jill, yeah, right. She does mention that, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I, I wish it was, like, more of a thing. Like, that was part of the, the first episode where, mm-hmm. like, not only does he have a surprise and they're going, you know, on vacation and buying this lodge, but he's also growing a summer beard and, like, it would make a little more sense. But to bring it up three episodes later feels a little weird. I don't know. Maybe they're setting up a a, a pattern that we'll see throughout the season where there's just going to be random midlife crisis things that could be interesting that would actually be really cool if every episode tim is doing a different midlife crisis thing that would be really good tracking of character beats throughout the season i'm i'm actually really excited for that now i look forward to the next episode (laughs) showing us what that is uh i do like though that the beard gave us a (laughs) incredible uh l burn yes Um, when he's talking you know they're talking about converting everything in the Al's apartment and Al says well um convert that stuff on your face into an actual beard (laughs) if if they had been on the tool time set with a live audience Al would have done the like wringing his hands as a triumphant gladiator thing for the audience (laughs) uh unfortunately though it prompts um the hiss Mm-hmm. And my note for it was just like, oh, no, the hiss. Go it's away. Bad. Hiss sign. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. I, I don't, um, I, I, I was very unhappy to see that. But that's honestly one of my lowest points for Tim in, in the episode. Otherwise, I'm not that down on Tim. Yeah, um, likewise. I, I I will say that also, so, the, you know, this, this bit starts with, you know, Tim and Heidi introducing tool time. And then Al is in the bathroom and he's near a toilet flush. And Al runs out and he's, you, you know, it's. Like they say to him through the door, like Al, we're on, and he flushes, and he comes out, and we see him very anxious. And he tool time salutes, and then he says, "You could have given me some warning." And and Tim goes, "Where would the fun be in that?" And then Al stands there awkwardly for a moment, and he starts to do another tool man salute, and then stops and just launches into the episode script. Perfect, perfect work, beautiful, amazing, <laughs> Emmys. Um, I want to give uh amazing work props to the set director uh set direction of this Mm -hmm. did you did you happen to look at al's uh sheets (laughs) i didn't look at al's sheets he has a full-on cowboy sheet (laughs) (laughs) and it makes me wonder where's hattie where's hattie they destroyed an entire closet to make that hide a bed (laughs) where's where's hattie hiding now (laughs) Yeah, he's not. I haven't seen him in the the background anywhere, unfortunately. And you know, I Landon's looking. Hattie, I do hope Hattie will make one more appearance before um, the show is over. Yep, that's it. That's it. That's the whole. That's the whole thing. <laughs> um, I do one last thing I want to point out uh, for this scene when they have the TV come down <laughs> over the kitchen. Yeah. Uh, just a reminder: this is a time before fat, flat screen TVs. <laughs> a <laughs> Where are they storing that TV? Is, yes. Is it going up into the apartment of the person above him? <laughs> like, either either the guy upstairs can be watching TV or Al can be watching TV, but they can't both watch it at once. It's shared between them. It's way of the future. Uh, B, I mean, as I said, not flat screen TV. So that thing is, like, jutting out three feet in the back. <laughs> if you happen to be in the kitchen when someone accidentally hits the lower button, you are going to be knocked unconscious. <laughs> 
And and if you're watching the game and you decide you want a brewski, well, you're shit out of luck because you cannot open the fridge now. The TV takes up the entire kitchen. Oh God! Leave it to Tim though to like build a device that shoots brewskis at you, or or he built a refrigerator into the side of the TV so you open a door and there's a bunch of brewskis chilling in there. Right. There's a lot of different exactly. options for brewskis. Okay, Truman, we get a uh, a cane transition going into the screen and, and pulling it apart, uh, and a little alarm clock uh, coming up as yes. uh, Alan Milt are in bed together, and it takes us to the theme song. <sighs> Here the we are. Song. The theme song. Um, buckle up. <laughs> yes. Truman, I took you on a little ride today, um, sending you uh, an image that I wanted to talk about and we will mm-hmm. talk about in the future. Yes. But... I've uncovered something kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah. Is it this latest uh, image you've sent me? It's the latest image I sent you. Now, do you know what the, I just do you know what it is? Is it a subliminal message that is flashed at us in the middle of the opening credits? It is. <laughs> when is this flashed at us? This is should I tell people what it is or 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 shall I Yeah, hold yeah, off? describe describe the image. Uh, this is set against a gray backdrop in the Tool Time font. The words "Watch Tool Time," <laughs> and there's the so, uh, there's the tape measure graphic uh, underneath it. Yeah, the Binford tape measure. So um, when okay, it goes from uh, Tim Allen, you know, credit card uh, or title card. C- to cre- no credit card. Sh- they show his credit card. That's why identity theft is so easy on Tim Allen. <laughs> Tim Allen, Patricia Richardson, uh, Earl Hinman, and then it goes to Richard Karn and Debbie Dunning, and both of them have similar um, kind of moments here where they yes. go through like a fake photo shoot, and then uh, you know four images of them appear behind them. I again, I love that it suggests that the only two cast members worthy of a full photo spread are Heidi, the hot girl, and Al, the icon who everyone loves. <laughs> uh, you know what? Listen. If Heidi can have her own calendar, I am certain there's a market for an Al Borland calendar. I, I, too, am certain, based on, like, both just based on my own opinions and also everything the show has shown us that women love Al and presumably men love Al, too. (laughs) I mean, I love Al, so. Yeah. Um, In fact, I kind of look like Al right now. I've got a brown plaid flannel on and I have uh, a beard, so. Hell hell yeah, man. Are you holding a saw in in a rock star pose? I am not. Um, so the the flat there's like okay. So you kind of get this. It's really it's the fastest editing we've ever seen on the show before mm-hmm. as it's going yeah. through all these credits. And there's kind of like flashing lights as it, it flickers between all the different shots that they're doing, and kind of like a strobe light effect. Mm-hmm. And in each of the flashes, uh, you know, between the shots that are being shown to us, um, again, this is like in a blink of an eye. I, I would not have seen this if I did not go frame by frame. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this uh, uh, image that just says, watch tool time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that appears between each of them. I mean, it's it's so quick. I, I don't think anyone could possibly have seen it. Yeah, un, until, until now. Until now. I this uh, This, again, plays into the show's habit of Put it like the the effects crew and the post production crew dropping little tidbits in here that are clearly just for them to laugh at because at the time yes. they could not have conceived of anyone watching the show with the kind of high def pause and restart frame by frame abilities that we have now. 
or <laughs> more importantly, the inclination. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. If I were working on the show, I would like to believe that people would be so passionate about it that they would watch it very closely. But maybe that they couldn't predict well, that the technology the- would ever be as good as this. Guess what, Truman? We are fulfilling Jim Prater's dreams. <laughs> yeah, we should really call this Prate work. That's that's really what it is. <laughs> but I, I love that they that they were placing subliminal messages. But instead of telling us watch Home Improvement, the thing that would pad their bottom lines, they're instead encouraging us to watch the fictional show within watch Home Improvement, time. which right. we cannot do. What shocks me though about this is that this was around the time of the subliminal message controversy at Disney. Wait, okay, what was the subliminal message? Wait, was this SFX and, like, all good teens take off your clothes and stuff like that? Yeah, the 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 big dick in the background of the Little Mermaid poster. <laughs> Man, the 90s the were a great time to be Aladdin. a child. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, yeah. All, <laughs> a lot of penises, a lot of, a lot of, you know, people whispering things to your children. There was also, I, the, I first became aware of subliminal messaging when there was some, I don't remember which presidential campaign did it, if it was Bush or Gore, but there was some campaign ad where they were showing the candidates and they were very quickly flashing the word rats, like in between, like faster than you could notice it. And everyone in the newspaper, rats, R-A-T-S, rats, you know, like, uh, like uh, Pied Piper got rid of the rats. Okay. 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 Uh, But, but they were flashing it at you, and my mom explained it to me like, oh, that's the way that you can secretly mind control people. Well, okay, that makes my mom sound like a conspiracy theorist. The point is, it was like late late 90s, early 2000s, or like the year 2000, when I was first aware of that. So maybe just subliminal messaging went through a phase. Uh, it could be. I mean, I, I know that... Okay, so in... Let's see, I'm just pulling up something here, because I know that uh, they pulled... This is a big thing about pulling... Um, Cigarette ads out of mm. subways and off of stuff. Uh, just looking at here on Wikipedia, because um, Joe Cool was, you know, big about, uh, you know, his face is designed to look like a gigantic dick. <laughs> oh, oh, wait. So that's why they pulled Joe Cool. Not that it was a that not that it was a cartoon character marketing cigarettes to children, but the, that it was phallic imagery. That was what finally got people to get Joe Cool off of the billboards. <laughs> It's all part of it. It says in 91, there's a study that went out saying that uh, by the age of six, many children could correctly respond uh, that Joe Camel was associated with cigarettes. And so they, Mm. um, you know, that spurred on uh, this pulling those ads. Um, uh, Yeah. But I think that it's more to like, you know, if you look at the old subliminal messaging uh you know, information, the the history of it, of like putting, you know, doing a a, a, a photograph of like malted liquor, right? Um, mm-hmm. And just like the ice melting and, you know, putting images of sexy women in the ice oh. uh, that you can never pick up on. Wow. Like, that's, you know, kind of where I think all that shit started. Um, Damn. And why it can be so dangerous. <laughs> I didn't even know. So... <laughs> So so do you think that that there's been do you think that all of America's problems are because in the in the late 90s millions and millions of people were being told to watch Tool Time but because that's not a thing you can possibly do <laughs> everyone had this great sense of internal angst and ennui that yes. they're being forced to do a thing that's impossible Wow Wow Truman 
you just hit on a really interesting idea. I occasionally. That's my that's my one good insight for the season. Now I'm gonna go back to saying, oh, uh-huh, yeah. Um <laughs> I don't know, it's just worth thinking about. Like it's an itch you can't scratch. I can't watch Tool Time. I'm looking at the image telling me to do it, and it's like, lay off me, dude. I'm trying. <laughs> oh, let's get back to the episode. Listen to grunt work. Just, just, just slip, <laughs> slip it in there in case, in case anyone's, okay. you know. You're the uh, editor. You could just drop that in throughout the episode. Yeah, that would definitely make the experience of listening to grunt work even more enjoyable. So, because we... they're already doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so we come back from the theme song, and we are at the Taylor House. Correct. I confirm what you're saying. This, this is true. We are, we agree, and we are in agreement. Jill has a million papers spread out at the kitchen table doing homework and therapy work and stuff like that. I think she's working on a master's thesis. They haven't come right out and said that, but um, uh, she says something later in the episode that kind of illuminates that a bit. But sorry, go on. No, 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 no. I mean, what makes I would like between the master's thesis and the fact that she is now seeing therapy patients, she just has a lot of shit going on. Yeah. Mark wants her to sew uh, skull buttons onto his shirt, but Jill is too busy yeah, for that. Uh, Randy has borrowed her thesaurus for a report about the selfish middle class, and that is messing with her shit. Uh, Brad spills a bunch of uh, soda all over Jill's papers. Tim comes home, and Jill pretty much says to him, I'm overworked, I don't have any space, I can't get anything done, I need you to make me an office in the attic. Tim is very excited to do this, and uh, and <laughs> is, yeah, completely overjoyed, and Jill uh, is happy to potentially have an office. And that is our scene, as far as I can she, tell. She gives him one condition, uh, keep it simple, mm-hmm. and... As far as we can tell in this episode, I think that was going to be his intention. Uh, well, he does says he does say, "You want simple? You've got your man," which is <laughs> which is good, which is a good bit. It is good. Um, so a, a couple of notes with these yes. boys. Um, these boys. Mark wants <laughs> skull buttons. Yes, that was a thing. Uh, was it a thing? <laughs> Mark's Mark's journey here is really bringing back memories to me <laughs> did you have skull buttons on a shirt i didn't re- I, I didn't but i remember them being a thing for sure i didn't think i mean that- i i wouldn't have thought about skull buttons uh any more than i would have thought about wallet chains I- <laughs> unless i watched this show in 2021 which i have done i i was never aware of the goths at my school having skull buttons maybe i just didn't get close enough to the like i i guess i just wasn't aware that the goth thing relied on so much minuscule detail i thought it was all about big picture detail of like face paint or like very (laughs) elaborate hairdos um i will say uh, to, to your to that point um last week i was trying to pinpoint what band uh, Mark's t-shirt looks like because they mm-hmm. obviously can't use the you know the actual um, band because mm-hmm. they have to pay residual you know rights all that sort of something so yeah. um, I, I was able to pinpoint it in this episode it looks like a cannibal corpse uh, <laughs> uh, t-shirt which is also very reminiscent of 1997 <laughs> but did, but did they just like did they just greek it in an awkward way to make it like cannibal horse or something like that <laughs> Hannibal Porpoise. 
<laughs> Cannibal Horse is a movie I would watch 100%. <laughs> what kind of name is Wilbur for a victim? <laughs> yeah, uh, no, they. I think they just really obscured. Maybe, like, scrubbed out the name of uh, the actual band so you can't mm-hmm. read it. Like, it's it's Ill- illegible, but... Um, yes. Uh, yeah, that's that. Uh, so... <laughs> In this, in this, in this scene, when we get when you get going, and she's all busy, and Mark comes in wanting the skull button sewn onto his shirt, Jill says, "You know, I I'm busy, but sewing demonic symbols onto my son's clothing will be right at the top of my list as soon as I've got a second. <laughs> <laughs> and and then also the the reason that Randy has borrowed Jill's thesaurus is because he was writing a report about the selfish middle class, and mm-hmm. I. I I really love, okay, as I said last week, Brad is my best, not, I'm sorry, <sighs> he's not my best friend, Randy's my best friend, and this week at least Randy remains my best friend, because it seems like Randy is really getting into just like tearing apart the the bourgeois upper middle class culture <laughs> that he's living in, and I'm yes. here for that, I'm I'm so glad he's having this awakening at such a young age, um, but no, I just <laughs> That's love that sh- internal angst, right, of benefiting from... The, yes, the upper middle class, but also rallying against it because you know you're part of the problem. Yes, yes, exactly. And I'm just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm really, I'm really happy that the show is making this Randy's thing because uh, I don't know. I mean, it, they found a way to make me like him more. Brad still rules. He's still, a, it's still a great performance. But Randy is uh, speaking directly to my soul. <laughs> well, speaking of Brad, he. <laughs> Uh, he kind of like he gave me a little, uh, a little bit of the vapors, as you used to say. Yeah, um, I can bring it back when if he you'd comes, like. When he comes in and just like pushes, I mean, she's clearly working. Yes, and he just pushes all of her belongings uh, aside so that I mean, granted, yeah, table, you're taking up too much room, Jill. Yeah, I get it. Uh, is there not a desk in the? <laughs> The nook next to the front door. Um, But also, Brad, there's a whole counter with, like, stools on it. If you want to sit and drink your soda, do it there. You also don't want to talk to your mom anyway. You're 17. (laughs) Uh, So that that gave me me some anxiety just to see him do that. But, um, yeah, he doesn't want to, and he goes upstairs. So um, I had a note here about another note about Tim's beard. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Do you think every husband goes through a beard phase i yes i think that they do my dad went through a beard phase fraser went through a beard phase every <laughs> husband goes through a beard phase i i I, re- I really think that's a thing every everybody experiments with it uh my my dad didn't but he had a mustache before i was born oh wow i mean i kind of almost respect that more that he's like because the beard phase, it seems like it's just, I am too lazy slash overworked to shave on a regular basis, so let come what yeah. may. Your dad is like, I'm only going to not shave one part of myself. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, yeah. The, there, there's one other bit that, that gave me a laugh, but I didn't like it. But like, or it was a, a Tim being a dick moment that I didn't like. Tim comes in. Yeah. And Jill is very flustered at this point after, you know, liquid has been spilled on her papers. And she says, Tim, I'm having a really bad day. And Tim just goes, nice talking to you, and walks out of frame. Total dick move, shitty husband, shame on Tim. 
in terms of just construction of a bit, that's good. <laughs> timing, I, yeah. Yes. It was ti- good timing. Well-timed bad messages sent. Uh, and again, yeah. Tim has a couple Tim has a bunch of dick moments in this episode that I don't necessarily agree with, but I'm so much more willing to forgive them because I think this is emblematic, I think, of what this season is doing differently from the others. They do a really good job with Tim making it better at the end and Tim always revealing some sense of vulnerability that Yeah. So I don't know. We can discuss that in a few scenes, but I I don't know. I'm yeah. I'm just generally more more pro Tim this season than I ever have been before. Likewise, um, I got one more thing to mention. Yeah, uh, mention it. Which is, we don't talk about fashion much on no. this show. I think we made it made that a point very early on. That's just like, yeah, we recognize we're doing a show that's in the '90s. Yeah, but I have a question for you. Go for it. If I won't be able to answer in... it if it's about fashion. But go on. <laughs> if, if I walked in your front door, mm-hmm. just like everything, everything, just a normal day, and I was wearing a bright green jacket how would you feel i would I mean, feel would, would you comment on it would you would it strike your eye uh it would strike my eye certainly like uh, like a big pizza pie maybe um <laughs> i think if i did make a comment it would probably be something about like whoa what kind of cool uh special effect are you going to have chroma keyed onto your jacket in post-production <laughs> uh <laughs> I don't nice think... Nice jacket. Did you have to kill a lawn for it? <laughs> N- nice jacket. Did you have to kill Scooter from the Muppet Show for it? Because Scooter wears a green jacket. Um, oh, I, I would nice. I would, I would react sharply to it. I don't know. Like, is that the, what Tim is wearing when he walks in the door? Is, it's just, it, it struck me as, like, one of the most 90s jackets uh, I've seen on the show. Outside of, like, the egregious 90s stuff early on. The, the ties uh, just, and, it, yeah. It was just... It was kind of like a subdued 90s thing where I'm like, green jackets, we don't see those anymore. Yeah, for for me, the one that always sticks out to me, there's one or two episodes of Seinfeld where Jerry wears like a maroon blazer. Oh, yes. Yep. And it's just, I don't know anything about fashion, but I know that doesn't fly anymore. That's just really, (laughs) that's, yeah. I don't know. They, They were experimenting with jackets. The Cold War was over. We had to find something new to do. There Make fucked go. up jackets. Um, that was going to be what we spent our defense budget on. We get a transition here. Truman. Yes. And yes. Tim is excited. He He's going to rush upstairs to start making plans. As he rushes off, a bunch of, uh, well, smoke, you know, uh, roadrunner smoke goes behind him. But uh, he leaves a bunch of tools flying in the air uh, in his wake. Here's a, here's a thing, though. Mm-hmm. A thing? None of the tools are Binford. <laughs> 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 what they, are they all explicitly they labeled as the Binford logo on fucking every there was a Binford train the other week yeah, a, a Binford bus Binford soda a Binford bouncer yes but they but now Binford no longer makes tools now they now they only make weird accessories <laughs> I just I thought that was a really bizarre thing for how much detail they put onto that anyway. bizarre or binzar Binzar. It's Binzar. Yes. For sure. Yes. Uh, it transitions us to the upstairs hallway. We've seen this uh, on the last season's Halloween episode um, where Tim is going up and down the attic. He has filled the entire hallway with uh, the stuff, the things from mm-hmm. the attic, um, just littering the hallway as Jill's trying to get through. Um, she 
uh, has to get to therapy, but Tim keeps asking her a bunch of questions. Speaking of Seinfeld, really reminded me of the episode where uh, Jerry was getting his uh, kitchen redone, and he doesn't have time to answer all the questions. Yes, yes. Um, but Jill's just like, okay, great, yeah, okay, I got to get out the door. And Tim's like, well, just tell me, do you want dry, do you want wallpaper, do you want paint? Uh, she's like, you just make your decisions, and I got to go, I got to go, I got to go. And she runs out the door, and we get um, the end of the scene. It's a pretty quick one. It's a quick scene. Uh, so, uh, do you or do I or do both of us want to talk about the just quality of the cinematography on this episode in particular? Because this mm. scene, they're boogie nightsing pretty hard. It's a lot of, I mean, I'm not saying it's one whole unbroken take of her walking through the house because obviously the house is not a real house with multiple floors, but it's a lot of long takes <laughs> following people yeah. walking along through as much set as they can get away with. A lot of kind of like, one yep. take bits with a lot of dialogue and it's i don't know it's kind it of is, a it's, production flex it's it's a, it is a well directed sequence um it's two shots the mm-hmm. first shot is just a long take from the uh, you know looking long ways down the hallway so it's a very deep focus mm-hmm. <laughs> tim is in the background on the ladder jill comes out of the room right next to the ladder and she works her way toward the camera and then we get a a cut that dollies down with that boom cam that they have um, that shows a little bit of like the molding at the top that kind of gives you the the sense of like going downstairs as they start coming down the stairs. Then mm-hmm. it pulls through. Uh, so it follows them down the stairs, pulls through the area where Tim came up uh, from the basement with his boxer shorts when he was meeting um, Randy's girlfriend's parents for the first time. How, how, could we, how could we forget that was a great moment in like season four? We come through there past the calendar and um, (laughs) through the kitchen past the refrigerator as Jill's just gathering all of her stuff. Uh, She circles back around, goes up the stairs toward the front door, tells Tim uh, she has to go. And that's all one shot. They did that almost like, how do you do that with a boom steady cam? and, And get that much movement through that much set i don't know it is impressive this is this is a crew that has been working together for seven seasons and everybody has just gotten real like they only would do a thing like this that most viewers wouldn't notice as just sort of a fun challenge for themselves and i i appreciate that Uh, yeah i completely agree it's uh i mean there's not really we can we can talk about stuff in the 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 things in the attic if you want to but um, there's nothing there that no. is really too surprising, but not um, really. Other than that, yeah, it's just it's a short but very sweet sequence. Um, we get a paint transition. Yes, uh, a paintbrush or a paint roller goes over the screen, uh, painting it white, and takes us to the therapy office. Um, Jill is meeting with her doctor. Yes, uh, a therapist for the first time. It's part of her um, uh, master's requirement. Yeah, uh, to get her master's degree, she has to start taking therapy, and she speaks so fast about oh. every problem she has that the doctor cannot keep up with all of her problems. Yes. So is this? Th- this seems to suggest that this is the first time that Jill has gone to therapy, which begs the question of like, well, how did she know she wanted to go back to school to be a therapist if she hadn't had positive experiences well, with the therapeutic process? Um. Well, I don't know that that's necessarily true. I mean, I went into psychology. Um, I, I took a psychology class in high school that made wow. me want to go into psychology in college. Oh, wow. I quickly dropped out of that to become an actor. <laughs> <laughs> and I hadn't taken therapy yet. Um, 
I, I okay. I guess I don't know. I guess it's not out of the ordinary. You just think that she would have been psychoanalyzed earlier in the process, though, than like when she's yeah. applying for her masters. True. True. But I mean, I think what they get to the bottom of in this scene, uh, in regard to why she behaves the way she does, is kind of indicative of why she might not have ever gone to therapy. True. True. I, okay. I guess that does make sense because you know Jill is talking to him and she's completely you know. This is a theme this season of Jill getting super granular and overwhelming the people around her with how much stuff is going on in her head. This is her trying to do therapy for other people last week, and now it's her trying to receive therapy. But she's talking about all of her stress, talking about her sons, how Brad, you know, Brad drives and she lays up half the night worrying about him. Randy questions everything they taught him, and Mark is worshiping the devil. She mentions that she just hit 40, and I just typed a bunch of question marks and exclamation points because... And... <laughs> I, uh... She, okay, yeah, I, I trust me, I, I highlighted that quote because she's, uh, she seems nervous. She just turned 40, and she's trying to jumpstart a new career. Um... I uh, she's having guests over dinner tonight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, wait. Are you having guests over tonight as well? No, no, I'm not. I don't know anyone here yet. <laughs> okay. Well, see, the, the, you have one less problem than Jill. Um, but I can think of much less problems I have than Jill. <laughs> yes, you you didn't marry Tim, so you're already yeah. doing pretty good. Um, but they're having guests over for dinner. She doesn't know what to make them, you know, and she's just saying, this is only 10% of my problems. The other 90%, well, I'm married too. And <laughs> at some point she flops down on the couch and we get an overhead camera shot of her on the couch, more fancy camera work. And this is yeah. where she, this is, you know, she says that, you know, the, like the worst things that I asked my husband to build me an office and her therapist says, well, why is it bad that you asked him to do that? And she says, I'm married to Tim Taylor. And he goes, Tim, the tool man, Taylor. <laughs> and then I think next to Al's burn earlier in the, the episode, this might be my favorite exchange here. Uh, yeah. Right after he says that, she goes, maybe you better switch over to a tape recorder. Love it. <laughs> And he goes, I hope I have enough batteries. <laughs> I love that he just knows immediately, like, that this guy has watched enough tool time to know, oh, this poor woman. Oh, my God. Yeah. But, yeah, so she, you know, she bears her soul to this therapist and is talking about everything, you know, the fact that she's so overwhelmed with work. Yeah. Uh, and, well, they kind of get to the bottom that it's, um, you know, she distracts herself. Uh, so that she doesn't have to deal with her own emotions, which I yes. thought was interesting and might, again, be why she's never done therapy. Yes. and that, Because no, she knows that she can't handle her own emotions if it starts to come out and she has too much to deal with uh, to <laughs> release that, uh, uh, you know, let that levy break. Yeah. No, that, that, that does make sense. It's like she's just kind of diverting herself from doing it because it's a scary thing to, to stare in the face. I mean, something else that I liked about this episode is that she mentions that her dad died six months ago and yeah. she's still processing it. And so it's like, I, I like that it, I don't know, the, the show takes place in a broader world. Shit that's happened previously is still affecting these characters. I love to see that. Absolutely. And not only that uh, her dad died six months ago, but that she's trying to help her mom long distance and it's not working out. Like, that's an interesting character detail. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it, and again, it really brings to the fore how, how much is going on in Jill's life and how rich and complex Jill's life is and then how little is going on in Tim's life. I mean, it, it, yes. you know, Jill is this character with all these different, you know, 
complicated feelings and relationships and everything. And Tim is this guy who's like, I like to work on cars. <laughs> Fixing things um, good. It's uh, Yeah, it is an interesting dynamic. Uh, and one that I'm glad. I mean, I feel like that's kind of been the case for the whole show. But yes. um, I'm glad that they're f- at least making it a theme, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just want to take a moment to comment on the uh, the office. Mm-hmm. Yes, this yeah, guy's great office. show. Yeah. Uh, the, well, yes, that too. But um, there's just there's just it's a therapist. It's like it it's reeks. Whoever they they must have looked at a hundred thousand therapist office photos to get this right because it's just reeks of therapist office. It's just curious though because last week. The therapist's office where she's seeing clients looks nothing like it's a therapist's a office. Yeah, it's it's like a lobby. It's just like it's like the yeah. the you know the the area outside of a high school weight room or something. So yeah, they they really they made a big improvement on their set design from one week to the next. <laughs> so many books. Uh, he has the Kleenex. Uh, I mean, I guess a desk you wouldn't really find a desk these days. Um, it's a little more open, mm-hmm. but um, the tissues on the desk for the, you know the the, the inevitable patient, tears. Um, yes. Yeah, the the couch, the chairs. Uh, I don't even in uh, on his desk there. Um, he had a character actor corner. Yeah, really? Oh my god, he that did, helps. Yeah. <laughs> that helps so much for me in in my process of kind of like being able to be open when there's a character actor corner in there that I can engage with. <laughs> and this is a really interesting character actor corner too. Really, it's for Jack Blessing, he's playing Doctor Breen. Mm-hmm. Um, Neil Breen five credits. 95 oh, credits okay not neil breen <laughs> or joseph breen of there, the there, breen's office there's there's no there, there's no fateful findings in this therapist office no unfortunately uh and no laptops to throw around um 95 credits okay 95 credits he goes back to sorry i'm trying to do this left-handed and it's not working out too well oh uh, going, going back to 1978 a couple tv movies um Galaxy of Terror. Oh my God, he's in Galaxy of Terror. That's an amazingly bad Corman movie. Okay. Um, <laughs> Mash. He was on oh. an episode of Mash. Family Ties. Okay. Um, okay. A lot of favorites. Should have looked this up before. He was a student in summer school with okay. Mark Harmon. Um, oh my God, he was in seventeen episodes of Moonlighting. Oh, what? That's a lot of Moonlighting. Was he in the one yeah. where where he's got a uh, where he's got a, a black eye? Because I'm sure it'll say that. This is the episode <laughs> I, where Bruce Willis has a black eye. Uh, that I don't know. I, I've never seen the show. I really want to. But it's unavailable to watch anywhere, I think, because of rights reasons for the music that they use in it. But uh, That's, you know what, it is It is charming for a while. And then it's like, okay, that's enough of you, Moonlighting. You, you can't watch too many of them in a row. That's <laughs> It's just a little too up its own ass. I, get, I can understand that. It seems like it. It has that sense to it. Um, he was on Golden Girls playing oh. a pastor, uh, Father. I, I lost my Father Monroe. Mm. Uh, he was on Roseanne. Wow! In my head, Golden Girls and Roseanne have no overlap. <laughs> they do. They have overlap. That's weird. Yeah, it, 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 the, the same way that it, I can never quite wrap my head around the fact that Cheers was on in the '90s, like that. There's Cheers and Seinfeld overlap. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's weird. Um, speaking of Cheers, he's not on Cheers. Oh, or Frasier. Oh, um, 
he was on two episodes of NYPD Blue in 1998. So right after this episode, he went on to do his duo, his diptych on NYPD Blue, playing Dr. Swan. Uh, well, okay, he was playing a doctor in NYPD Blue, uh, then it's settled. Mm-hmm. I think he was playing a doctor on ER. Oh, you're only half right. He was playing a nurse he on ER? He was on ER, but he was not playing a doctor. Okay. He well, a character by the name of Roger Drummond. Okay, well, I th- okay, that that was, a, that was a real stab in the dark for me to suggest what kind of character he played on ER, but that's fine. I st- it still counts as a I win know, I for like me. It. You're getting a little... You're getting uh, uh, ambitious with it. Which I shouldn't be, because in full disclosure, I've never watched an episode of ER. I just know it's a show about hospitals that my parents liked when I was a kid. Um, okay, but so he was on ER. All right, I feel good about that. Yeah. Well done. Well done, Truman. Congratulations. Hurrah. I'm proud Thank of you. Thank you, Jack Blessing. Let's take that character actor corner as a blessing as we head back into the episode. Yes. We get a transition. It's really quick. It's a hand swiping across the screen with like a, a swiper. Swiping uh, right. Takes us, it Actually, it's swiping left. Mm. Uh, to to uh, back home, Tim is talking sweetly to someone we don't really see for a second until the camera pulls back and it turns out that it's the drywall. Brad mm. walks in on Tim talking sexy to the drywall. Um. That's all I got for that. Jill comes home. Uh, <laughs> she wants uh, to talk about the construction. Uh, she's reconsidering the whole thing. She says that uh, she doesn't want the office in the attic. Takes uh, She thinks she takes on too much because uh, it helps her to avoid her feelings. Uh, the only other thing I'd add is that Tim does not respond well to Jill no longer no. wanting the office, and they have a big old fight as Jill tries to get ready for dinner. Um, it's not quite a big old fight yet. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's a you can it's a storm cloud of brewing. It's a it's the, it's the an opening skirmish. Here yet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, the, so uh, the, the episode starts with Tim just kind of looking at the camera and going, "You look so good. I just want to feel you." And then we get the reverse shot of him talking to a piece of drywall, and Brad comes in and sees him doing this and says, "Do you and your drywall want some time alone?" Which Again, it's another great Brad delivery, and more of Brad becoming the kind of standout comedy star. Now that Randy is the issues kid, Brad has become the comedy kid, and I like it. <laughs> uh, he's also taller than Tim, which is weird. Yeah, it really... They gotta get Tim some lifted shoes or something. Um, So... Yeah, I mean, that's, I, I don't know, Tim being obsessed with drywall, this cuts against our theory that Tim is in love with cars. Well, I don't know. I mean, you could be obsessed with a couple of things. I mean, why is one person restricted to one fetish? Okay, you know what? You're right. That's that's true. That's true. <laughs> what, you know, the, fet- fetishes can blend together, as evidenced by, uh, I don't know, I guess Neil Breen's movies, if we're going to go back there, or the film Cool World. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I have a note here about Tim's performance. I'm trying to find the moment um, where, because to me it was really significant. It's a kind of just it's something you wouldn't even notice. But um, uh, since we've been looking at this show for so long, <laughs> uh, I can't quite pinpoint it here. But my note is that as Jill's saying, "I don't want this," and he's not hearing her. He's like trying to convince her that this is a good idea, and he has this like way of smiling. As if, like, he knows it's kind of ludicrous what he's saying as he's mm-hmm. trying to, like, convince her. Yeah. And it, it's a completely – it's such a small thing, but it's such a big difference in getting me on board with Tim 
acting a fool, you know, and and not listening to Jill and being the antagonist here. <laughs> it, it, I feel like this is coaching. I feel like, or like this is deep acting, whether or not it was coached or something else, but like. It's the simple fact that I think what we didn't like when Tim did these same things before was that it seemed angry and aggrieved. I've said this a million times. But it's like now they like telling Tim to smile more, there's some irony there in a in a avatar of masculinity being told (laughs) he's cuter when he smiles. But like Tim does more things with a smile on his face and conveying more of a clownish vibe and that makes it easier to swallow all of it it's and it's so simple and easier to laugh at and even when he's like he's like trying to understand her he's got like his arms crossed and he's like squinting and like really straining his brain to like hear what she's saying even though his brain is rejecting every word that she's saying it Mm -hmm. makes it a little bit funnier yeah, it's it's like a golden retriever that very, very earnestly wants to understand what its owner is telling it to do. <laughs> I mean, the scene ends with her literally screaming a line she's repeated six times in a row saying, I don't want the office in the attic. <laughs> and she's like screaming in his face. If that were happening, you know, seasons ago, this would just be like, a, I can't handle this uh, anymore. But um, they play it as a joke and it's it's good. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I like it. I don't know. I, <laughs> the, the simple beat of Tim doesn't listen to Jill has been done a million times on this show, but yeah. they finally figured out how to do it in a way that doesn't come across as egregiously upsetting and more just like, oh, Tim. Like, this is, yeah. this is how they thought we were reacting to it in season three, <laughs> but, but it's, you had to do this extra work to get us to react this way. Uh, I will say there is one part of the scene that um, they have not improved upon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is still egregious, which is Jill's, you know, exasperated from all of this stuff that's happened, and she's lugging groceries in that she mm-hmm. had to stop and get groceries on her way home, and she's trying to unload the groceries as she's telling Tim she doesn't want the attic. He doesn't pull one grocery out of the grocery no. bags to help her. No, no, hardly. He's got he's got to save his his big gruff man hands for doing uh doing uh construction work. He can't get involved with touching some eggs or some cheese. So, All right, we get a hammer pulling down the drywall transitioning us to the dining room a little bit later. Patty and Doug are over. Man, I was happy to see Doug back. I was happy um, to see they they're making it work. Patty and Doug. Yeah, I like it. Um it's awkward. There's some tension happening at this dinner table. Uh, Tim and Jill are sitting Citizen Kane distance away from each other. Ooh, that's a good way of putting it. They're they're sitting, they're sitting. Uh, Michael Keaton and whoever the lady in the original Batman movie is away yeah, from each other. Which is yeah, a, uh, I think a play on the Citizen Kane joke. But <laughs> you know, um, you you, ha- you have your film insights. I have my film insights. <laughs> <laughs> um. They start to, you know, find some small talk. You know, they talk about her food. Oh, this is really good fish. It's not too fishy. It's because it's chicken. Oh, well, this chicken's great. It's not too chickeny. Um, just trying to really cut through this tension between Tim and Jill. They're also really trying to cut through the chicken. They both have to, like, Tim and the guests both have to saw an awful lot to get through there. Yeah. Um, they, uh, Doug inadvertently um, asks, you know, some, some, Questions that that poke a little too close to Ron nerves. Tim, is that a beard you're growing? And uh, he dives into the whole midlife crisis thing. 
Um, the scene really just starts to spiral out of control as Tim and Jill start screaming at each other in front of Doug and Patty. Can can we all of us uh, open a can of Old English Brew and pour one out for Patty and Doug, who only ever want to just have a nice dinner party with their friends, the Taylors, <laughs> and it always turns into a fight and some larger drama relating to their relationship and their family. Like, after two in a row of these, I wouldn't try to hang out with the Taylors anymore. It's like, nope, can't do it. They they are the biggest buzzkills. Uh, I've been in their position before uh, many times. It's not fun. I don't like it. <laughs> um yeah, so yeah, I, I'm not even gonna. I'm gonna pour two out for them because there's I, two of them. I have been. I I have been. I have put people in Patty and Doug situations before. The the first ever camping trip I went on with my with my ex girlfriend, we happened to have gotten into the biggest fight of our of our what was to be very short relationship right before we left, <laughs> and the entire weekend. The poor other couple who was with us just was party to all kinds of back and forth sniping and tearful conversations in a tent next to the other tent, and just uh, I'm pouring a third uh, one out. I'm I, I feel I, guilty. Here here's one for you. Um, I moved out to California mm-hmm. with two people who were a couple that were mm-hmm. going to live together in California. Broke up the day before we moved. <laughs> <laughs> we all drove across the country together. Oh, wow. How how have you ever driven across the country again with that horrible memory of your first cross-country trip in it's, mind? It's partly why I hated Nebraska for so long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, nothing makes nothing makes corn go down more bitterly than, uh, than a fragmenting <laughs> relationship. Is there anything else you got for this scene? Yeah, the only other thing I've got for this scene is that uh, this conversation, which is, you know, Tim and Jill's conflict over the office and Jill asking for it and then no longer wanting the office, it all blows up over dinner at the dining room table, which is the same Mm -hmm. place where Jill had so much work that was spilling over the sides and getting dumped on by the boys. Like, the dining room table was the catalyst for her wanting an office in the first place, and now it is the site of their big brawl over the office. That's blocking, baby. That's blocking. <laughs> it's it's almost as if the show doesn't have that many locations to have. <laughs> I mean, you know what? That could be it too. I'm choosing to believe that they that they uh, are like that. This is that we're returning to a thematic point in in the series. Fair. It's symbolism. And they could have easily have gone over to to Patty's house. Like they could have. Time. They could have. They didn't. So they were like, kudos to you for picking let's that not, up. Let's not build any more sets than we need to. You know. <laughs> I know, um, but that's all I there's got. A, there's a throw blanket transition. I thought initially that it was a wet blanket. But it was just a, a throw blanket because mm. uh, it transitions us to the next scene. How would you tell a, if it's wet or not? It's a, it's a scene. doesn't need to be here, but it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim is asleep on the couch, and Brad and Randy are just observing him a foot away while he sleeps. <laughs> talking okay. about how bad of a state he's in. That just it's like a Greek chorus almost. They're just like recapping the previous scene in case we forgot that Tim and Jill fought and the, the sight of Tim sleeping on the couch doesn't send home to you how bad things are. I I do love that they do this bit of shoe leather scene 
with just an extreme close-up on Tim's face and his two sons in the background behind him all in one shot. That's kind of, again, more interesting true, camera true. work. I do wish it was Mark, though. Um, I think if if it's meant to be in the middle of the night, uh, I think it would have been funnier to play into Mark's uh, child of the night persona he's he's doing and having like Ronnie show up at the door and ask, <laughs> what's up with your dad on the couch? And then, you know, getting the information that way. <laughs> or or it's Brad and Randy walk in and see him there. Then they, they turn and they just notice that Mark has been crouching on the hearth watching his dad sleep dressed in all black. <laughs> sleep is so close to death. <laughs> oh, missed opportunities. We get a leaf transition to the backyard. Hey, it's yes. Wilson. Hey, Wilson, that guy. Um, I don't think he's doing anything particularly strange this week, is he? He's raking. Yeah. It's it's strange in its its mundaneness. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, what's he going to do next? Gr- grill a n- normal piece of meat that, that most people eat? <laughs> I can't even imagine. Um, But yeah, so what's he's... He he's Well, he's out there and uh, raking his leaves, and Tim talks to him about what's going wrong in his life. Have you, have you guys heard of this? That's a strange new twist for Tim. But he explains <laughs> about how Jill has backed out on the office after going to therapy about it and how Tim is upset. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Detroit by Freud. Hung by Young. Rocked to a halt by Gestalt. All all great solid lines. Big, big mad, mad ups for all of those. Uh, and... Uh, anyway, Tim is upset because it, you know, he he wanted to work on the garage and not the garage, the attic, and now he can't. And Wilson says that Tim is like his hero, Thomas Jefferson, who liked to uh, clear his head by working on building Monticello. And uh, then Tim goes back inside to uh, share this newfound knowledge with Jill, having realized that he was being selfish by putting his own needs ahead of hers. Uh, I got one note for this scene, which is mm-hmm. in the midst of this. Tim yada yadas. Oh shit, he yada yadas. He yada yadas because he starts to talk to Wilson about what was going on and how things progressed between building the attic and where they are, and he goes yada yada yada. But now, does he does he yada in the Seinfeld way, where yada yada includes some potentially uh, very exciting information, or does he just yada yada yada? Well, to, <laughs> to your earth. To your earlier point about how aroused he gets about drywall, it, he could have yada yada sex. We don't know. <laughs> yes, he he would never yada drywall. Actually, wait, I'm sorry. This does take me back to one one bit from the previous scene, one line where where when they're fighting in front of their guests, Jill says, "Is that all you could think about your stupid drywall?" And Tim just turns to the guests and goes, "Do you hear how she talks about drywall?" With such offense. <laughs> um. Okay, but so yeah, so yeah, so. Uh, okay, so Wilson's doing the yada. Do you think Wilson is a Seinfeld fan? Do you think that the TV no, he Tim, got... Tim does the yada. Oh, Tim, Tim does, does the yada. I'm sorry, not Wilson does the yeah. yada. I'm sorry. Well, do you think Tim watches Seinfeld? Uh, I, I... Oh, God, you broke my brain. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> it's, it's, it's on a different network. So does NBC exist within the ABC universe? I don't know. I Look, if it did... Tim still doesn't watch it. Tim would not get Seinfeld. I, I it's just not his thing. I don't think Tim watches any sitcom. Yeah, like agree. Tim only watches the Three Stooges tapes, <laughs> and his own. Yes, and yes. Hitchcock. Yes, of course. <laughs> and yeah, and yeah. If it's not an instructional video or a tool time tape or three dudes poking each other in the eye, Tim doesn't want to see it. Oh, we um, get a scene slide transition. Wait, inside. Hang on. 
Oh, okay. Uh, uh, sorry, one we other bit. More. Sorry, to, uh, just, not not much. Just he's talking. Of, yeah. So the the whole the, the whole conversation has ended. Tim is going back inside to talk to Jill, and Wilson goes, "Tim, are you growing a beard?" And Tim goes, "What do you think?" And Wilson goes, "I can't tell, but I could never understand why a man would want to hide his face." It's just so good. Yeah. It's just so good. It's it's really good. <laughs> All cylinders, folks. This is a this is a forgettable episode overall, but even the forgettable episode has a bunch of banger ass lines. I, I I think it's charming. The the small digressions in our sense of humor sometimes. <laughs> what you didn't like that? I, I thought it was kind of a, a easy joke, but yeah, whatever. I mean, but, it, I found it inoffensive. Didn't I didn't really note much of it at all. God forbid, home improvement should make an easy joke. The show that where where forty percent of last season's jokes were about Tim eating Polish food and farting a lot. Okay, point taken. Um, we get a scene slide transition inside where Jill is sewing on the skull buttons to Mark's shirt. At um, last, Tim comes in and reiterates uh, what Wilson said about Jefferson. Um, and basically, you know, what he's come to understand here is that when he builds things, insights come to him. Uh, he talks about when he, uh, when Brad was going out for his driver's license, he was building something, and uh, he came to understand the situation more once he was working with his hands. Um, so uh, in the process of this, they kind of talk it out, and they, they make up. They, they realize where each other is coming from. Jill has realized... Um, why it was important to him to make the attic and uh, why she was taking it on because she avoids her feelings and and they kind of end on a, a good note. Yeah. And I that's what I like about this otherwise forgettable episode is that the Jill asks Tim to do an add-on to the house bit or Tim tries to do an add-on to the house bit has been done a bunch on this show and you can kind of always yep. predict what's going to happen Tool time's going to get involved. It's going to take way longer than necessary because Tim's trying to do a million things. Even though Tim's sounds is... like a very specific episode uh, of Bubble Bubble Toil and Trouble. I, it, you know what? Yes. Uh, alternately, Alarmed by Burglars. Uh, alternately, <laughs> uh, Room Without a View. Uh, but, but you know, it, or it would be you know Tim building it more to what he wants than what Jill wants. I, right. I like when this episode got rolling. I was like, I know where this is gonna go, and the fact that this episode turns in like that they fake you out. They think he's gonna build the attic office, and we're gonna get all of these bits about that. But instead, no. This is really an episode about Tim discovering why building things a, a slash blowing things up in error is important to him and Jill learning something about herself and how she is processing the stress of her life. <laughs> it, it shows a lot of maturity from this show that I was not expecting. Again, not a super memorable episode. Probably would have been more memorable if they had done the thing that it said on the tin, but I really like that they tried doing this and I like that they yeah. gave us those character insights. Who knew? All this time they've had some maturity stored away in little... Storage cubbies, uh, you know the the in the fuck spots uh, in the house. They also can uh, store some uh, some character insights. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm trying I, I'm trying to think if there's anything else really about this scene that really jumps out. But it's just you know, Tim shows some vulnerability. There, there's a toward the end here. She makes a suggestion. This is how the the episode kind of ends. She's like, okay, I've come to a realization. I think here's what you should do. I think this will 
this will tackle your midlife crisis problem, and it gets the office issue off of my plate, why don't you go and redo the garage how you wanted to? And he gets real excited, says, don't toy with my emotions. Um, at the end of the, this exchange, though, he, he says the line, would you please write that down? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And he says it without any edge. And again, just kind of reiterating what I said earlier, it's like it really shows progress um, mm-hmm. for for this character to be able to go through these uh, you know moments, you know, in a in a likable way. Yeah, yeah, I'd say it shows uh, it shows progress for Tim Allen as an actor and for the writers as well that they've they've kind of learned yeah. how to thread the needle between the two of them and what they can get away with and make uh, the audience even. Even a 25 years later audience that is more inclined to be critical than a contemporary audience uh, get on board with the character. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, that's kind of the end of the episode. We go to our stinger. Um, Jill's doing something at the kitchen sink, and uh, she's yelling to Tim, hey, did you finish shaving yet? And he goes, yeah, just finished. And he comes down and pass the baton to Truman. Oh, we the camera whip pans over to reveal uh, uh, none other than Walter White himself, fresh off of cooking a batch of that of that blue meth that he loves so much. Just, just short of the tidy whiteies. <laughs> it's really like it put a gun in his hand. Like he's wearing a green flannel shirt. He has the beard still, but he has a bald cap on, making it look as though he shaved his entire head. And folks, again. Breaking Bad primed us for the notion of a sitcom dad doing a dramatic turn, and I mean, this there you go. could Tim Allen have rocked that part? Maybe so. I don't know. <laughs> could he be the one who knocks? I, I still think, I, I to this day, I've only seen him do one dramatic role, which was in David Mamet's Red Belt, and mm-hmm. I remember him being really good in it. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised he hasn't done more drama. I, I mean... And I don't know if we're gonna get that turn out of Tim Allen at this point in his career, when when know. like uh, it, it seems like the path to riches for him is like hosting stuff, Santa Clauses, uh, and whatever whatever additional blood he can bag anymore. Maybe not, and he can't get any more blood out of the the Buzz Lightyear stone. So I I don't know I. <laughs> I I agree with you though. Like I feel like there was an opportunity for for Tim Allen to chart a Michael Keaton esque path from comedy into dramatic that roles. Like a crazy. Well, I mean, I think Tim could get crazy <laughs> to, to completely reemphasize a line from Michael Keaton. <laughs> uh, Instead of let's get crazy, let's not get crazy. Uh, listen, uh, to to quote a line from Jack Nicholson about Michael Keaton. With regard to Tim Taylor, where does he get all those wonderful toys? Um, <laughs> delivered in exactly that way. Uh, but yeah, so, but it turns out that it's a bald cap that he's wearing and he pulls it off because I guess if they left us with that image of, I, God damn it, I wish that they'd done, I wish that Tim had shaved his head as part yes. of his ongoing midlife crisis and it just grew back over the course of the season. That would, that would be so cool. <sighs> or or even just go out on, I shaved off all my hair, and then his hair was back the next week. I mean, we've seen him, for God's sake, light a match and get shot into the air and fall into a harbor. Yeah, <laughs> Next yeah. to a gas station. He, he shot a barbecue grill into orbit that then tracked him to the Great Lakes and re-entered right beside him. So, I mean, I'm yeah. willing to buy the fact that his hair just grows back. Um, yeah, agreed. Yeah, they should have just gone all in. 
Um, but that's um, our episode. Outtakes. Jill flubs a few lines. Uh, it's funny. It she is says, funny. I don't want that addict in my office. Yeah. I don't want the office in my attic. Uh, call Dr. Reese's. Um, Truman. Landon. What did we learn from this episode? This week, I think we learned that you can't get too young up on... Uh, well, no, actually, that's not what we learned. I think this week no. we learned from this episode that you need to be honest with yourself and you shouldn't mm-hmm. try to busy yourself with day-to-day tasks to uh, avoid the deeper existential horror of sitting alone with your feelings and actually processing the trauma of day-to-day American life. Um, <laughs> this almost feels like it's about to go into a better help ad. <laughs> yeah, our, our new sponsor this week is... Oh, well, actually, this, uh, our, our sponsor this week is one of those chewable Vi- Viagra things. So rather than, uh, <laughs> rather than busying yourself with little tasks, uh, take some chewable Viagra, get a massive boner, and do what you will. Um... I'm sorry. <laughs> just, you're I'm sorry. I, people with <laughs> very bad knowledge. Blue ch- blue chew is that what it's called? I don't know why I'm doing free promos for them. Don't buy that. Actually, <laughs> I don't either. I've never even heard of it. What did you? Oh, okay. Well, I no. I promise it's a real thing and not something that I dreamed. Um, Landon, what did you? What did you learn from this episode? Uh, I don't know. I don't learn much at all. That's why I rely on you to tell me what I learned. Uh, God, I don't know. I don't pay much more attention. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to think of whatever the secret word could be, because this is usually the point in the episode when I, when you start trying to lead me into it. And I just am not, uh, I mean, you wouldn't have used Jung or, or Gestalt or Freud. Uh, I'll tell you, I I wouldn't two weeks in a row use... Well, I guess it's not two weeks in a row, but twice in a season, I wouldn't use a philosopher slash uh, psychologist name. Top hat, because he wears a top hat at one point. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, he does. Uh, um, rafters. Uh, <laughs> water cooler. Desk. <laughs> Is this entertaining for people? Just I, random I, I, I don't know. salad? <laughs> I just feel like it's more entertaining than you establishing a secret word and then me never apparently doing any work to try and guess the secret word. I want to give people their money's worth in you terms are, of the guessing game. You're, the the tension is through the whole episode. You might not be aware of it, but every single second you have the potential of saying the word. You're, I, the listeners are on the edge of their seats waiting. And, you know, here's the other thing is that you might not realize it, but I do try to prompt you throughout the episode. Oh God, and I'm well, and you know how good I am at picking up on cues. So that's that's the that's the it's a it's a Columbo situation. You know you know what the answer is, and it's just watching him get to it. Um, well, you know, I, search your attic somewhere, and you know, maybe you'll find something somewhere. Christmas decorations, <laughs> insulation. The secret word this week was. Crawl space. Crawl space, the opposite of an attic land and house. Oh, spots in the house where it would. Yeah, a crawl space. Okay, I should have run with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, you were close earlier in the episode, too, but you went with fuck spots instead. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's because, you know, we, we just we just had to have uh, we just had to have the the uh, people for the maintenance the people come over term that we've come up with on the show. Yeah, well, no, they, well, no, I, I we had to have people come over to like uh, vacuum out our fuck spot and clean all the co- cobwebs out of there every 10 years or so. You need to have your fuck spots cleaned to keep your house's value up. And uh, yeah, that's Hold. why it was on my mind. Um, <gasps>
We yeah. still have to do the grunt guess. Landon, how many grunts do you think there were this week? I, my knees went weak. Yeah. Uh, and your hands? Because we have grunts. <laughs> yeah, we do have grunts. We have a, a number that, and there's some parsing to do. Uh, I, I Both of my knees went weak because there was a grunt for each knee. Mm. There's two grunts this week. Ooh. Well, your hands should have been sweaty, and even then there would have been... Even if those counted, there would have been three more appendages to uh, get involved what? in this because I counted seven. Now, two whoa, of whoa. Whoa. back back the truck up. I know, I know. Whoa. Back the grunt truck up. There, there is a three grunt cluster at one point Where? in the episode. He goes, <laughs> I mean, if I'm trying to remember, I mean, he's... I know what a cluster sounds like. What? Where did it appear? Uh, this appeared. This appeared when Tim was. Ta- I think it's when he's talking to Brad about the drywall. I believe that's where it comes in oh. when he's waxing poetical about the beauty and brilliance of drywall. There's a lot of drywall talk that we left out of this episode because he goes a little too in depth. Um, yeah. There's a three grunt cluster there. Tim grunts a couple times early on when he's just talking about the prospect of building this attic. And there's another two grunts in there that are definitely edge cases, but he's not. He's not talking when he's saying it, and then it turns okay. into laughter. So that well, gets hey, us I to trust seven. Your judgment. You, I, I should all or I know shouldn't. is I remember. I'll tell you the two I remember, which is the first one. Yeah, I believe it's the first one. It's where a big one. Jill tells him he can build the attic. Right, that's the the like he's surprised. Uh? He gives a surprise. Go, uh? yeah, yeah, yep. Like I get to do that. Um, and then he does like uh, an echo of that in the stinger where she tells him that he can do the garage. Oh, those are the yeah. two that I got. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that that, I think those both got counted. It's just, there's a bunch, there's a whole bunch of sand. It's a grunt sandwich and the bread is also grunts. There's a whole bunch in between there too. <laughs> okay. All right. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. You learn something every episode, don't you? You you, you, you learn a you, whole lot more than you learn, but you, you you learn something. You you the brain cells that you kill vastly outweigh whatever new knowledge you accumulate. But hey, you know you got to fill the time somehow. <laughs> um, and I'll tell you, um, it's our patrons who fill their time Ooh. doing this, um, <laughs> killing those cells. Oh, God, I I I tripped over the segue big time. I face planted into the asphalt. I'm just gonna end it. Without a segue, how about that? Grunt work is made possible by our patrons. If you want to, uh, if you enjoyed today's episode and want to help us create the show, consider becoming an official Grunthead sponsor over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod, where you can access our entire backlog of Gruntwork Nights episodes for only a dollar. Leave us a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts because it helps people learn about the show stop by to say hi to us on twitter or instagram at gruntworkpod or visit our website at well so what you want to do is you want to fire up your arpanet terminal and you want to uh in green text type in http colon slash slash www.gruntworkpodcast.com again it's https yeah it's an important distinction yeah you want to be secure uh gruntworkpodcast.com where you can also see other information you don't trust me you don't trust me i said the words (laughs) you did i just wanted to reiterate it um because i i feel like i tripped over your words it was my Mm, oh yes okay i was picking up the responsibility that i i tripped over good my fragile ego is repaired thank you landon for allowing me this victory 
Uh, on our website, you can sign up for our weekly newsletter to be notified whenever a new episode is released. And until next week, when we bring you episode numero four of Home Improvement, I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps. And remember, I don't go for that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs>